Normies, is it just us, or is it getting crazier out there? This week, your hosts have one bad day, take a dip in some toxic chemicals, and convince our therapist to date us. What doesn't kill this episode makes it... Stranger? You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? It's DC's The Joker on Normies Like Us. I'm the Joker, baby! What I know? What a discourse. There's plenty wrong with me. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? How about another joke, Murray? No, I think we've had enough of your jokes. We, uh, killed the Batman. You can call me Joker. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast. I remind you, it's hip to be square as we set up top. We're talking the Joker, baby. I'm excited to learn what that means. But uh, <laughs> on this episode, Normies, you really do get what you fucking deserve on this podcast. We're going to delve into DC's supervillain. Uh, with us, your host, Colin. Uh, Manic Mike. Uh, Joker. Nice. Uh, this is Jacob. Didn't have time to think of a name. Yeah, all right. I'll <laughs> be calling Quaker. Jacob. I'll let you. I'll let you think of one now while I uh, date these two guys here and lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mine the Jaker. Kind of built in. It was easy, you know. The Jaker. The yeah, Joker. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Jaker. <laughs> so you know, back on kind of the original format after the Star of Ember Wars, Samber getting into the new year, doing all of our predictions. We're back to talk a uh, comic legend. This is following up our Batman episode. Go back and listen talking the joker one of the most iconic uh villains in comic book history if not the most iconic so extremely relevant at the moment obviously uh the most nominated for academy awards of all time now for a comic book movie the joker uh with joaquin phoenix Mm. it came out earlier this uh past year in 2019 towards the end there but uh you know we're gonna be talking about it guys we do the question up top i just want to ask you guys is joker Is he one of your favorite villains? Is he the ultimate villain? Is he the ultimate DC villain? Joe, you're the Batman guy. Like, what is the Joker to you? Is he is he Batman's greatest villain? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the the concept of yin and yang in comic books, right? You have like the have and have nots. I think the Joker is the perfect counterpoint to the Batman, right? He is brooding, he is serious, he is toxically masculine. And his his villain is this this lighthearted queer um, agent of chaos, and it's it's the perfect balance for the two: the the man who has everything and chooses to do the right thing, and the man who wants for nothing because he just wants to see it all burn. Go head to head. He's one of my favorites, not my all time favorite Batman villain, uh, but we can talk about that a little later. Okay, I'm awesome, very awesome. excited about that and very curious. And I love that sexuality has already come up. How about you, Mike? What do you think oh, about yeah, the Joker? Man. No, I'm on board with a lot of Joe's points where it's like these two sides of the same coin. Sorry, Two-Face. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the Batman universe, right, yeah, you have, like I said, the haves and the have-nots, which is illustrated in the Hawking Phoenix film as well as you know many other interpretations of that. But the idea of a guy who doesn't have a plan, to quote uh, Heath Ledger, right? And then the guy who wants to control, essentially, the threat of crime. It's just a cool, cool. They're good foils for one another. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely one of the most iconic, maybe the most um, kind of like market penetration wise. I think everybody knows who the Joker is, you know, if you just mention that on the street. So it's pretty normy, I think, overall. Yeah, I would agree with what you guys are saying as well. And for me, he, he I think he is my favorite Batman villain in terms of. 
Um, like, like you said, the whole yin and yang thing, I like that. And he's just iconic and, um, you know, especially personified as like, you know, the Heath Ledger version in the dark Knight. I think that's like the ultimate, uh, portrayal of him. And it really shows the, you know, the dichotomy between him and Batman. Um, and as a, as more of a normie guy, when it comes to comics, I do, I would consider him my, my favorite. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about the comics too, because, one of the things that I love about this character so much is that there is so many different versions. Everyone has their Joker. Like, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix version has inspired people to go ruin neighborhoods in New York. Uh, people <laughs> in 2008, there's a bit I love in The Office where everyone shows up as Heath Ledger's the Joker. We all know people who were that version of the Joker five or six times in a row uh, for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, but for those who don't know much about the comics, I'm excited to talk about some of the storylines that really define the different versions we've seen of this character. Hey, did you guys make it out of the 2010s without dressing up as Heath Ledger's Joker? I did not. I, I made it out clean. I didn't. I Good didn't boy. Me too, out. Mike. I'm the same. <laughs> I've never committed right. enough. To, I'm not committed enough to do that costume. <laughs> it requires too much work. I'm basically too lazy. Uh, I've been I'm more into doing never a Joker. I, yeah. I, like uh, I was going to yeah. say, Joe. That's me. Like multiple. If I'm going to cosplay, <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to be someone who kills people with a pencil, there's there's another man, <laughs> oh, the Baba Yaga, who <laughs> would be on my list. Ooh, Baba Yaga. But, um, but yeah, the Joker. And it's interesting, Joe. Like you were saying, like the comics. Like everybody has their Joker. I mean, even the animated series versus the comic books. Like there's a lot. And I think you know, looking at Nisha Normie, I think obviously. The Heath Ledger, the Joaquin Phoenix versions, Jack Nicholson are kind of the more normie, but really it's, I'm interested in getting into the niche and like that comic book origins and that kind of stuff on this episode. And Mike, I'm excited for you to hear about some of these too, because as um, probably the least interested in comic books, I think there's some stuff that we're going to talk about that you might really be interested in checking out. Um, So I'm excited to maybe turn you into a a believer of uh, reading the, the page. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a gas. Um, I say, how about we just jump right into it then and get into the origins, the comic book origins of the Joker, Batman's greatest foe, some might say. And here we go. We're looking at the pages where the Joker was born. Uh, Mike, um, question for you and Jacob here, because uh, Joe brought up a very interesting point um, talking about uh, the niche and the normie here that you guys were both saying about uh, portrayals, because, you know, everybody does know the movies, but I'm curious, have you guys ever read a Joker comic book? Because there's some super popular ones. Like we said, he is the most iconic, one of the most iconic comic book characters of all time. Personally, you know, I've only ever owned one comic book, and that's Spider-Man and Maximum Carnage. But um, uh, I have seen some arcs that look interesting to me. I mean, everyone always references the killing joke as like an epic kind of... uh, Storyline. You never got it out of the library, Mike. Like that. That just seems that's such a ubiquitous comic book. Let alone a Joker or a Batman comic book. Yeah, like that's something that definitely is on my radar and that I should get into. So I'm looking forward to learning more. The other thing that has piqued my interest recently is the idea of the Batman who laughs. Um, seeing kind of those alternate um, versions of the Batman universe is kind of a 
getting its hooks into me a little bit. So. Before we uh, before we get out of the comic section, I'll give a full rundown of that character too, because actually just learned a bunch about him um, through some new toys that were released. We got uh, McFarlane has the license for Batman toys now, and people love that character so much. He was one of the first ones that they created, even before the regular Joker. He came out with the regular Batman. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, he's got those sick dogs. He's crazy looking. But yeah, we look forward to understanding more about that character right. as we do this. Let me ask you, Jacob, have you read a Joker comic book before? Um, I haven't read them, but like, you know, I've heard of the killing joke and I know, I know a lot of plots of comics that like later got adapted to like even the DC animated movies that they make. Like a lot of those storylines are adapted from the comics. So I know like death in the family is one that really sticks out with Jason Todd and everything, um, as a, as a good Joker storyline, but I've never actually read a comic. So we're pretty, uh. We're pretty normie on this, wow. at least me and Jacob. I'm Colin, how about you, though? I mean, yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm yeah. a, not a Joker obsessive. I like the character. Let's, you know, get it out in the open. Um, I am the Joker. Joe has called me the Joker <laughs> since we've met. When I, what? when I look in the mirror, I see the Joker. <laughs> Unfortunately, the newest one. Um, Mike, you said there is a Joker for everybody. Yeah, Jared Leto is my Joker. He's very whiny and he wants to kill his mother. Like it's, it's fantastic. Um, Colin, you got your damage tattoo. Colin, I, I imagine when you look in the mirror, you just take your fingers oh, in yeah. your mouth and, and make yourself smile. As I do my slow ballet uh, and contort <laughs> my weird, roommate, strange, we skinny time, body. I, like, I mean, wow. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's scary. It's sick. Uh, but yeah. as far as comics, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'll say I thought the normie baseline guys was even just reading the killing joke. I, I've picked that up before. Absolutely. I don't own it. I've borrowed Joe's. Um, so I, I, I'm very familiar with this comic book character and we'll jump into the history, but, but come on, I just want to keep knowing Joe, obviously you've read a thousand Batman comic books. That means you've yeah. read a thousand Joker books, question mark. I've, I've, I've read a lot of Joker books. I think he's, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get on all of the history in a second. I think that's kind of relevant, right? Because he hits a point where I think everybody is like, okay, the Joker's kind of untouchable. You have to have... And even to this day, I would say, although I'm very excited about some comic books coming out later this year, you have to have a kick-ass Joker story to do a Joker story now. Um, the Killing Joke, mm. I think, is one of those books that Alan Moore originally intended that to be a, a Elseworlds. It was not supposed to be canon, but the reception was just so incredible that it became canon. He really wow. uh, made Batgirl Oracle and they ran with it, even though it wasn't supposed to be like that. Um, and it's one of those books that I think when you start reading comics as an art form, when you're, when you're really into seeing them that way, just like when you start seeing movies, maybe when you're just getting into movies, it's the boondock saints. Um, you, you, you watch that and you're like, I like good movies. I like the boondock saints, Fight Club. <laughs> right. um, not to knock those movies. The Killing Joke is that for comics. Um, mm, I respect sure. it a lot because of... Bro, it's a smart comic book, bro. It's really cool <laughs> and smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, it definitely <laughs> does that for you, and then you'll find uh, some better stuff. But I'll tell you, after rereading it when I was a little older, I was like, oh, this is not actually that great, but you got to just appreciate what it did for folks. Joe, mm. I wonder if it suffers from the... Um, like the the Citizen Kane um, syndrome of like, or, or or like the the Godfather, where like you watch it now and it's like, oh, that doesn't seem like that 
amazing or revolutionary, but in the context of when it was released, it was hugely influential because there was nothing like it before. And now there's been like a lot of imitators and stuff. So it might not seem like it doesn't live mm. up to its, its hype. Let, let me jump Jacob, on that, I, Jacob. I'm oh, sorry to cut you off, Joe, but I would just say what I find so personally interesting about that book is how disgusting it still is. I mean, there's sexual degradation. There's not not a lot of graphic violence, but some lasting haunting violence that you really don't have a lot of mature comic books anymore. So it, it kind of does still stand the test of time, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, some some of the imagery is obviously really intense. Um but I think that that's a good place to start talking about the origin of the Joker, right? Because it is so yeah. intense. And if we look back to the creation of the character, it started that intense. He was introduced in the the first standalone Batman comic. So not uh, Detective Comics 27, but Batman mm. 1, which I think was – it's 1940, right? I think so. Yeah, like 1942. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he was the first villain ever. And he is straight up a serial killer. I mean, he is a, a serial killer who is murdering people with like Joker gas or, or toxin or venom or something like that. But he is a murderer, a stone cold killer. Uh, so much so that they even wanted to have Batman off him in the first issue. Because the idea was like, well, how are you going to have the world's greatest detective if he has this guy who's constantly outsmarting him. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't because now we have that kind of Sherlock and Moriarty complex. Mm. Yes. No, that's very cool. It's yeah. To introduce a character in like 1940, who's using like poisons or gases. It's like, like a bioterrorist murderer, right? That's like really crazy. For 1940s. And he's like the Zodiac killer just being in a comic book, Mike, but there was no Zodiac killer at the time. So think about that. It's literally like, oh my God, this guy, the Joker is terrorizing Gotham every week. And people are like, Batman, do something. And to have oh, a character who is created at that time and kind of really has the fucking pulse of where darkness in this world will go is almost like eerie. I think Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and oh, who was the other guy? The guy who drew the card. Um, let me look here. Jerry Robinson. Jerry, Jerry, yeah, Robinson. Jerry Robinson. Um, like they really saw where things were going in kind of like a spooky Nostradamus kind of way, right? I mean, like this is now so common to us to think like, oh yeah, someone crazy shot up a movie theater, but like. In 1940, this stuff is like gruesome and and shocking. So they were writing him as a maniac serial killer right out of the gate. And then you have the Comics Code Authority come in and be like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes a little bit. You can't have comics this crazy. Kids read this stuff. Uh, and that's where we kind of right. got the, the goofs and gaffs joker where he starts doing – you know, smiling fish and some, some crazier stuff like that. Oh, you'll get me next time, Batman. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so he stays like that for a while. Um, and then, you know, there's the television versions and stuff like that. Um, that kind of skyrocketed the popularity. We'll talk about Cesar Romero when we do the, the movies and TV shows. Um, mm -hmm. But then he kind of like dies off for a bit. And then when they bring him back in the 80s, they're like, fuck it, let's go hardcore again. Like, let's bring back the old days. And that's kind of where he's lived until modern times, um, where now I feel like he's the clown prince of crime. He's kind of untouchable, right? Like, even the most 
iconic modern Batman stories like Hush, it's not a Joker story at all. He's just uh, in the background is kind of this force that always exists. Like Tom King's Batman doesn't have much to do with the Joker. Yeah, Joe, like you're saying, even with the modern stuff, like we've long talked about it on this podcast because it has been long coming out. Three Jokers by Jeff Johns. Um, that's not a supposedly like a Joker Joker book. It's going to answer questions, fill in gaps of history, things like that. Doesn't that once again show like, well, we can do it, but just really make sure you're not like doing a modern thing with it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's interesting, too, because. In the comics, there's kind of been this hint um, for a long time that there there are multiple Jokers. It came in a in a Justice League where Batman is able to ask a supercomputer, you know, how has the Joker been around for so long? And the Joker's ba- and the computer's like, there's three of them. So it's kind of like this. There's three different versions in the comic books, right? You have the original version, the serial killer. Then you have the goofy, I'm, I'm going to get you, Batman. I, I painted all the money yellow. No one can use it. <laughs> like silly shit like that. <laughs> and then when he came back and fucking mangles Bar- Barbara Gordon is kind of back to the darkness. These three different versions are different people. I'm, I'm really excited to see where they take that. I think that's an interesting concept for oh, gosh. Uh, this character. Yeah, maybe. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm you got to think so. Skeptical. I mean, I'm I'm always skeptical of Jeff Johns' work and, and if we're even going to see it come. But you got to think like Gotham has done this where you have multiple versions of the character, the character inspiring people. Uh, that's a big part of Joaquin Phoenix's version of the character, right? Is like he's called Joker because Robert De Niro called him a Joker and he was like, yes, that's my identity now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's about like starting the movement, right? And you have these other people. It's kind of what I love about the character. And we can talk about this when we talk about some of the great polls you put on this list, Colin. Um, He is this eternal force of chaos. Like he's always been and always will be. And I think that, almost supernatural element of him makes him so long lasting and so iconic. I, I think that's really awesome too. Like we were saying, everyone has a Joker and the idea that there's maybe different versions of him in universe makes sense. Like chaos cannot be stopped and it just sometimes is manifest as a Joker. I think that's really sick. Um, yeah. And to, to counterbalance that with order, which is, you know, Bruce Wayne, it, it's, yeah, this force of nature, man. He's going to pop up no matter how many times you snuff him out. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, and there if- there was the the origins. Colin, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the Red Hood and how he fits into this? Yeah. Are you, Mike and Jacob, familiar with his secret backstory of how he came about? Do you guys know who the original Red Hood is? We're not talking about Jason Todd and the weird, interesting history they'll both have with that name. Yeah, I know that, um, right, the Joker was the Red Hood before, like, and then he became the Joker. This is the first I'm hearing of the Red Hood besides, like, the Jason Todd thing, so feel free to bring me up to speed on this. It's just one of those weird, non-normie things about the Joker. Uh, I remember seeing this in a coffee table book at Barnes & Noble one time. It's truly the only reason that I flipped through it. It was those... um, great 70s years where he gets introduced and gets this background filled in where he wasn't a vigilante. He was just sort of a stooge who was part of a gang 
who was forced to be this guy called the Red Hood. And he literally put on a red dome on a, a tuxedo and he was part of a crime and unfortunately it gets botched and he gets put into a vat of toxic chemicals. Question for you here, Joe, because we've seen this hmm. kind of in the Jack Nicholson Batman, although of course he is not the Red Hood. Do you ever think we'll see on film that origin story where he is the Red Hood? I don't know. I mean, hmm. one of the things... I love about the Joker is the lack of the origin story. So the Red Hood thing, like, I kind of almost like to forget it, but I also love it because I think this is fascinating. Mike, you were like, I don't know who the Red Hood is mm-hmm. other than Jason Todd. Jason Todd, the Robin right. that Joker killed, who took the name Red Hood after the Joker. So it's like, that's kind of right. an interesting tidbit you can throw to to comic book fans who have seen the Red Hood in I mean, I guess like Injustice, right? And like some modern comics seeing him on the cover. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Mm. Uh, Question for you here, Joe, because I think this is the biggest trait about the Joker that I would like to discuss. You just said killing Jason Todd, he's the Red Hood. In the original Red Hood comics too, the Red Hood starts reappearing again when Neil Adams creates his character. And uh, he starts saying, you don't know who I am, Batman. He's super proud once he's revealed to be the Joker. That it's the ultimate mystery that not even Batman himself could have figured out. Do you consider Joker one of the most successful characters in comic books at what he does? Oh, 150%. Um, I think next to Bane and Catwoman, no one has done more damage to Batman than Joker. I mean, not only has he crippled Barbara Gordon, broken James Gordon, um, killed Jason Todd and laughed at every great failure he's had that he's not even a part of. I mean, it's like Joker just shows up to laugh at you when you fall down and he's not even the cause of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think Mm -hmm. the, the self importance of him too is so interesting. And that's like kind of the sexuality aspect that people have been leaning into harder and I, I really love to see it. I think it's a fascinating, there is a true mad love between him and Batman. Uh, but I don't even yeah. mean just as a supervillain, because you listed off some of those great ones who are successful. But wouldn't you even just say as a character of fiction, you don't even really just see people achieve what they want, even the good guys, as much as like Joker just fucking succeeds because he's just a wall for Batman to climb. Yeah. yeah and it's like he doesn't really he doesn't want for anything. His goal is not to kill Batman. He would never want to kill Batman because then the game's over. Like, his goal is just to play mm-hmm. the game and have a good time doing it. Like, you yeah. kind of can't fail when the stakes are that. Like, most of the time he's not even robbing banks and shit. He's just causing chaos for the sake of chaos. He's he's fucking people up because that's what he wants to do and he thinks it's funny. Yeah, what do you want to do? Eh, whatever. Yeah. All right, well, I guess you're accomplishing that goal. Oh, man, you just you're doing it shit really down. well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Joe, that's why, you know, a couple of things you said I really agree with. And that's why I would consider the uh, Dark Knight Heath Ledger Joker as the ultimate film portrayal of what you're talking about, because he has, you know, no clear backstory. He just kind of gives different answers for his backstory, but it's a very mystery. And like you said, he's kind of always been there and will always be there just sowing chaos. And he's just an agent of chaos. And I think that aspect, um, I think that's like the ultimate portrayal of him. I really like there's there's a debate in the comic book world that comes up every couple of years and I I hope we never get an official answer to it but 
Colin, I'll mm. pose it to you. Do you think the Joker, A, is immortal, and B, has a superpower? I don't know. I thought the question you were going to ask me is, do you think a real Jack Napier exists? Because obviously that's the fake name <laughs> everybody kind of gives to him over and over. And I was thinking, yeah. why doesn't DC just make a character called that to throw him off? But uh, yeah, I mean, in the sense that he's probably the mask, right? He's just Jim Carrey's the mask. He's just, you know, <laughs> able to just get hit by anything and cartoon style get up. Yeah, like you, you can't kill him. And like, even when it seems like nothing is going to turn out his way, it just does. Um, one take, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was just a, an essay that I re- re- uh, read. And they said that the Joker's superpower is timing. Like any comedian would want, Whoa. he has perfect timing. Mm. Um, I, I like that a lot. Joe, I was going to say, what if his um, superpower is like uh, Domino? Like in Deadpool, where like her power is just that she's lucky. Maybe yeah. he's just lucky, and his plans always just work out, and like until the very end. Yeah, but I think that's um, one of the things that makes him such a terrifying character. Is just like you don't know when he holds a gun up to you whether a flag that says "bang" is going to come out or if he's going to shoot you in the head. Right, it's, it's a classic 50/50. gag, guys. It still works. <laughs> Is let me ask you guys so, this. Oh, sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to know real quick. Do you guys right. think the Joker's funny? Like, do you ever just yeah laugh out loud at, at the idea? Of well, it the depends Joker. on which portrayal. I think. Yeah, I think he's depending on the portrayal, obviously. Yeah, but I think sometimes he's funny in the way that I think that I am, like in a in like a cringy, like oh, that joke didn't land kind of way. Like, I don't think he's ever outright hilarious, but he is so goofy and like. Like, what are you doing? And I think that works for me. It's just how, like, in a dead serious situation, he can just do a complete 180 and, like, like the gun with bang, right? Like, he could do the just the goofiest stuff that you wouldn't expect anyone to do in that scenario, and I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I like how he can – I'm going to say something positive about Jared Leto right now. I like his ability <laughs> to make you uncomfortable, and I think that's kind of why wow. the mm. Jared Leto version everyone – doesn't like really does work for me because i fucking hated every second he was on screen he made me shock turn the podcast off everybody shock Uh, here right um but you know like that that works so well for me just the idea of like this guy you don't want to be in a room with him because you don't know what's going to happen yeah that unpredictability is like one of his biggest scary like factors, you know, and we've kind of been alluding to and we'll get there in the movies and TV section. But is there like a debate amongst comic fans of like which version of the Joker is best? Like, does this come up also like on the page? Um, Yeah, I would say so. And I think that that debate's going to get even more heated depending on what happens with this three Joker comic. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people who... Mm-hmm live and die by the Frank Miller version in The Dark Knight Returns where he's older and, you know, we actually see some inspiration from that book being taken for Joaquin Phoenix's uh, grand finale where, spoiler alert, he shoots someone on live TV. In that comic, he mows down an entire live studio audience. Um, Oh, wow. So they toned it down. Um, (laughs) I see. And then, you know, there's there's other versions that have been less successful. and I think some of those, like he always kind of has its moments, right? Like it's one of those things where it's it's kind of hit or miss. I think everyone likes him more serious now. I think people, 
the goofs and gaffs of the the sixties are are less fun for people to read now. Um, I think everyone kind of mm-hmm. likes the, you know, I think I think Heath Ledger really changed how people saw the character, um, and I think uh, we're getting that. I would say though, mm-hmm. Mike, on the page there is that edgelord belief with the killing joke. You know, I said, is he funny? In that comic book, he literally tells, I think he might have come up with it, Alan Moore, the famous two lunatics on a roof, uh, shine this flashlight, it'll be a bridge to get you across, no way you'll turn it off halfway through. Um, I mean, he's funny in it, he's a serial killer, Hmm. and again, he gets what he wants in it. So, as fans, yeah, you kind of get everything you want out of that, and in The Three Jokers, it's revealed that that version is its own separate Joker. So literally, you see Jeff Johns being like, I'm not going to touch that third rail. Like, obviously, that's what everybody wants. Again, yeah. it's it's deifying yeah, Alan Moore. <laughs> you know, it's just, and again, Joe said he doesn't even want this. So I don't know, guys. It's just like, leave him alone. Leave this comic book alone. I'm kind of tired of seeing it. I do love Alan Moore, even as not a big comic book guy. I just like Alan Moore a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was out front of my apartment building today. I gave him a big fan of uh, <laughs> snake cults and, and Cthulhu monsters. Yeah, he's um, he's just super into the occult now. Jacob, which is you said cool. you like him, and a huge beard just grew on your face. So that's dope. That's I awesome. Wish. That's what all. A cool it's wizard. So then, for for you guys who are more comics um, inclined, then like, do you have a favorite? like joker for you like let's start with colin and go to joe like what's your favorite version besides yourself obviously obviously. me um and it is because i laugh at everything listen to this podcast normies you know that uh (laughs) i would say ed brubaker's the man who laughs is super dope and super cool so after frank miller's the year one that's like a super famous batman story it's kind of the batman story darren aronofsky tried to make it into a movie He did not, but basically Christopher Nolan did with Batman Begins, kind of, including the very famous ending of that of of the comic book and of that movie, where uh, Commissioner Gordon says, "Hey, there's been some terrible crimes. All that was left behind is this card." And you, as audience members, know, "Oh my God, that's the Joker!" But he hasn't been introduced in the origin of Batman, so you're like super excited and cool. This comic book fills in their first meeting. And it's just, I mean, it's Ed Brubaker. He's a Captain America writer. He's the premier. I mean, he's one of the best Daredevil writers. He's just incredible. Yeah. And like, if you're not familiar, he's he's the guy who put the Winter Soldier back on the map. Um, he was the one who brought him okay. back as a villain for Captain America and brought that whole Bucky origin in. So you kind of have like a writer who is incredible at establishing these relationships and that really informs mm. the story and like it doesn't get any better yeah. than and that, it right? makes batman test his rule of will i kill you in this first instance and uh i don't know guys i would just like let, let's just do it let's put an end to this guy do it batman you're causing so much more harm <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the argument you see is like batman will never kill right that's his supposedly his thing so the joker's always testing him but it's like if you would have just killed the joker how many lives would you have saved it's like the argument right you know, that comes up to the lot. ends justify I'd, the means but he would have ended right which yeah. but i think that's exactly but i think that's also a fascinating play right because you have mm-hmm. wh- who's more stubborn like who's it's it really is yeah. a love story between the two of them like he can't kill him he needs him just as bad as the joker needs batman like the two really need each other to survive 
it's the train tracks. Like, you know, do you switch the rail to save 10 people you don't know or save one person you do know? He's continually choosing to kill the thousand people he doesn't know to keep the Joker alive. It's pretty amazing. Um, That psychological balance. Like, yeah, it's a weird love story. Joe, then what is your kind of favorite comic book version of of this character? Um, I my favorite Batman stories are not Joker stories, to be honest. I kind of like when mm. Joker just shows up, or Joker's just kind of this this persona who everyone knows and no one really wants to mess with. Um, but my favorite, mm. I think my favorite is Scott Snyder um, in the New Fifty Two. At the beginning of the run, it's kind of weird. He he has his face cut off and, and he's wearing a, a, a mechanic suit that says Joe. He's got a daughter that's introduced who's not really his daughter. That kind of stuff all goes mm. off the rails. He goes away for a while. He comes back for a story uh, called A Death in the Family, which is not the one that we were talking about before where he kills Jason Todd. It's just a remake of that where you find out that he has – known all along that Batman is Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, and that leads into a, a run called Endgame. And that's probably mm. my favorite Joker story of all time um, because it is really the endgame between the two. It's, it's, it's Gotham City or it's me, Batman. What's it going to be? Um, and this really explores kind of this is Joker – this eternal force of evil that I was talking about. Like you actually see Jim Gordon flipping through uh, old photos and seeing the Joker way, way, way in the past and kind of having this like, well, wait a minute, did he plant this picture to fuck me up? Or is this really him? Like that kind of intrigue being played. It adds every member of the bat family in, in a really interesting way. It's him in a tuxedo again. I don't know that, that book, also has a gorgeous ending with the two of them. I would say that's probably my favorite modern version. And again, nice. fans, you have to understand what Joe is saying because what Scott Snyder did in that entire process is death of the family where Joe was talking about with the, the face cut off. He's wearing a janitor's outfit. He's, he's again, very successful. He's, he's tricked the Batman family into thinking they've had their faces cut off, although they have not. Um, it It was considered, not great. I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, one of the best current mm. Batman writers of all time cannot do the Joker. So when he builds it up to Endgame, like Joe said, he's, I can't remember if it's a Lazarus pit or if he jumped back into his own toxic chemicals, but he's, you know, he's sleek. He's got the side shaved, comb back haircut. It's truly what Jared Leto sort of looks like in the black tuxedo where he's shooting the, uh, crazy machine gun minus so the that's face tattoos and stuff yeah it's exactly yeah, it, what he looks minus like minus all the terribleness mm. um and people were just blown away it had these incredible covers that i remember the like you're saying the eternal force the joker as a dragon with batman slaying him as a knight with like this huge red dragon with a joker face i mean they're so cool joe yeah. oh wow there's also a ton of really great homages in that book um which was one of the final runs that they did on the batman core book before inventing the batman who laughs and doing justice league and all this other stuff um where you know, there's a ton of great homages to other classic Batman moments. Like he ends up with a batarang in his eye, which is exactly what we see in uh, um, the Dark Knight Returns, which is another Frank Miller classic. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Dick in the bat suit in kind of this great twist for a second. Like there, there's just as a Batman fan, a longtime Batman fan, it is the the best satisfying Joker read. 
All right, Normies. Cool. We've talked cool. a little bit about Joker in the comics. We've pointed out some ones you should maybe check out, maybe our other Normie hosts too. But let's go ahead and dive into where he's definitely the most Normie, the most well-known, and portrayed a thousand times over. We're going to talk about the movies and shows featuring DC's The Joker coming up next. We're back. Like Mike said, you want to know how we got these scars? Come on, guys. Uh, rub your rub your tongue all around <laughs> in your mouth. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're talking <laughs> Joker. Ooh, it's getting scary here. Oh, he's here. Uh, we haven't mentioned his girlfriend, but maybe we're going to talk a little bit about him on film too. But first, guys, uh, you know, let's just jump in with what's your favorite Joker on film? We'll kind of do the history of it or whatever, but just 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 hit me with the title here. What's your guys' favorite? Jacob, you've said it, I think, but what's yeah, your favorite? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely got to be Heath Ledger, Dark Knight. Um, Joaquin is close, though. I think his portrayal is amazing, but I, I consider Heath Ledger more of the, the all-time, all-time classic, and then Joaquin is like an interesting take on it. All right, Joe? Does Mark Hamill count? Can I say that? BTAS? Uh, you can. Yeah. You're going to take uh, mine, but go right well. You snaked me, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he just, um, the inflection he uses, one, like if you know, if you didn't know Normies, uh, the classic Batman the Animated Series is the Joker is voiced by Luke Skywalker himself. Um, and it doesn't sound mm-hmm. anything like him. It is this incredible character who goes flat and then back up in a heartbeat they really push the limits on what you can and cannot the do. Way that he's able show. to get down, Joe, and then that's pretty ah! good. Yeah, it is truly. That's incredible. not bad at all, dude. Yeah, yeah, um, that's pretty good. Man. Yeah, but like I mean, I have to say when so I think of in that yeah, show, when that, I like, think of uh, kids. Sorry, uh, when I think of his, when I think of the Joker's voice, I imagine the Mark Hamill voice from the cartoon for sure. When you hear it from your closet at night, <laughs> that's that's what you're thinking. Oh, is that him? Yeah. Is he in there? Mike, tell me. Tell me yeah, your favorite right. right now. Yeah, follow up on Skywalker really quick is you know, he still does the voice to this day, like in the video games, which we'll get there later too. So Mark Hamill definitely I like Joe snaked my answer. I was gonna go out of pocket, you know, like no one would expect that. But um I'll just advocate for Joaquin Phoenix's kind of new version. Uh, I like this different take on it because we've already had the Heath Ledger mentioned, but they're all really strong. So I'll just say I'm really impressed with the different angle that uh, Joaquin went on it. Uh, just fantastic movie shot on film. Like, God damn. God damn. Great. All right. I'll be the asshole here and say, since we're talking the movies, Mark Hamill's not the best answer because the Joker isn't the main villain of mask of the phantasm. Although he is just sort of hanging on. Although, Joe, mm. I get it. As you've said, you've pointed out you really enjoy the stories where he's just sort of walking through and fucking things up like a tornado. I will say yep. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, to me, is so fucking perfect. I've said it before on this podcast. I believe on our Batman episode, go back and listen, Normies, that uh, the mm-hmm. makeup wash-off effect to get real-looking makeup on top of fake-looking makeup on top of his real face is... I mean, I, I could just cry thinking about it right now. So there we go. Also, I love... And it's the closest we get to that origins of the yeah. chemicals. Sorry, Oh, it's, it's such a um, a Joker plot, right? It's like, there's a line in that movie where it's like, what do you want? It's my face on a $100 bill. Like, that's 
that's a perfect Joker answer. I don't know. Um, it's the it's the Gotham right. bicentennial. Let's just go fuck it up. Like, sure, yeah, why not, yeah. man? Play some Prince, get my man Bob, and I'm gonna fuck <laughs> shit up. Yeah, it's funny because just like we said at the top of the episode, everyone has a Joker, and we kind of all have our own answer here, which is uh, to be expected. So. The King of Chaos, the Clown Prince of Crime. You know, there's been many versions, some campy. Like, even if you go back to the Adam West series and stuff. He's Romero, that's where baby. He's doing yeah, the dance. Yeah, He's doing that's the, the real goop. So maybe we could start can there, I right? Through? Can, I, can I just list off all of his appearances in film real quick? Like Mike just said, perfectly, you got to talk about uh, Cesar Romero's portrayal of the Joker in the 1960s, particularly Batman the movie, 1966. Uh, how about Batman no, 1989? No, I will not shake my mustache. <laughs> no, I will not shoot my mustache. <laughs> Batman 1989, I just pointed out my favorite, Tim Burton. Uh, Jack Nicholson portrays him. This is the first time, so mark this down, Normies, Oscar nominee for the Joker. He's up for Best Supporting Actor for this role. Very crazy. Uh, how about... It's not the only time the character would be nominated. Keep an eye out, Normies. Um, how many times has Batman yeah, been nominated? assholes. Michael Keaton just sitting there so smug <laughs> yeah, in his turtleneck. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I get it, Mike. I get yeah, it. Continue. Mask sorry. of the Phantasm, 1993, animated, Mark Hamill. Uh, the Dark Knight, 2008, Christopher Nolan. Heath Ledger, uh, nominated, mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor. Wins, One. posthumously. Rip. Wow. Mm-hmm. Rip, rip. Now we're going to Suicide yep, Squad, yep. 2016, David Iyer. This is Jared Leto. Ooh, we'll Was he nominated, Colin? Uh, hmm. <laughs> he is an Oscar, he is an Oscar Razzie, winner, maybe. amazingly, so I'm sure he wanted to be. Uh, Lego Batman 2018, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah. Very cool, very nice. And then the one we got to talk about, the one we're here for, Joker 2019, Joaquin Phoenix. Now, a uh, little peek behind the curtain, Normies. As we record this, we don't know if he's won for this portrayal yet. You guys will by the time this is released. Let's go around real quick on that. I think he's a shoo-in, guys. Oh, for sure. He's going to win. Yeah, everything I've seen this year, like, it's just a singular performance. Like, he becomes Arthur. Like, it's day and night. He, here's my question, though. So, all these Oscar-nominated portrayals now, shouldn't Mark Hamill, like, get an Emmy or something for his, his voice Fucking acting? Something. Come on. Honorary, Jacob. Come on. Yeah. Should have. The, the show won plenty of Emmys, but not his uh, voice per, uh, persona. Uh, yeah, so... Joe, do you think he's going to get it? I, I probably. Um, I probably dislike this movie more than anyone on the pod. I'll just throw that out there. Mm. I I don't like Interesting. this movie. Um, Wow. I, I, I might be well. I might be more with you, Joe, than um, with with Mike. I don't know. Um, We're gonna have to get you to elaborate on that as we walk oh, through yeah. here. Um, I was trying to think. A last note for the Oscars, though. It's like we do kind of have the agent of chaos. If you've seen his speeches for like the Golden Globes, like Joaquin he is Phoenix it, yeah. is just jokering all over Hollywood. So here's He's what's fucked at all up the, about this place elites. that's giving me this award right now, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that i coming. do appreciate that yeah dude do the it, other baby. thing yeah. i wanted to to mention so since the heath ledger portrayal he was super method obviously on the set had a big toll on his um you know his site his mental, mental health, health and- um ever since then it seems like every actor that plays the joker has to go super method like jared leto did it and it was very cringy and, and nobody liked it and now joaquin <laughs> phoenix <laughs> 
is also you, Jacob, like, you know, a can super you method. imagine Jack Nicholson uh, held up in a hotel with the Olsen twins, keeping a diary of his <laughs> Joker thoughts like, yeah, yeah, man. Right. Well, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about, um, there was a lot of talk and I guess it's kind of tasteless now, but like after Heath Ledger died, you know, there's, there's footage of someone saying it to Jack Nicholson. Being it comes like, out of a Lakers game. The fact that he played the Joker and now he's dead. And Jack Nicholson's response is, I warned him. Which is like, Whoa. what the hell does that mean? Like the <laughs> it's Joker. too much. There's a darkness it, inside, Joe. <laughs> yeah, like the Joker is kind of like transcended into like this real kind of madness that America invented. Like he's a fucking djinn coming to life to be like, oh, you want to be me? He's a slender man. Yeah, like I don't know. There's something – fascinating and morbid about like the the joker curse you know yeah yeah that is pretty crazy i didn't realize that he said like i warned him and i would love to have more context on what that is i think everybody when you see his version i warned him i told him you can't do that role (laughs) yeah the thing that gets me is like (laughs) with the devil (laughs) that is interesting i mean like what that really long gun down Yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously, Sorry. you know, reports from the set that Joaquin was like basically very method off the stage, and I kind of have mixed feelings about this when actors do this because it can bring really good performances, but also you can kind of come off as like a huge asshole on set and like to you know to the people that are working on the film and stuff. Yeah, like oh and, great, Jared Leto sent me a used condom. I'm just yeah. a fucking gaffer. Can you leave me alone? Yeah. And like a dead bird yeah. or some weird. And shit. obviously, there's yeah. a story. Like I don't know if you guys know, like when he's Joaquin, when he's kicking that uh, like dumpster in that one scene, he like actually broke his, uh, he like fractured his kneecap doing that, and that's like the take in the film and stuff. Which you it know, it's me, cool. It makes yeah. me so mad when people are like, "He deserves the Oscar. He broke his knee doing that." And it's like, no, he's a dumbass. Like, right? He should have just, just acted. <laughs> yeah, just like your job is to act, not become the Joker. You fucking maniac. Right. And I appreciate his commitment, and I do like yeah, the commitment so of method actors, but I think it gets overhyped. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is like the all-time method guy, but ever since then, it's like just become a cool thing for like young actors to try to do. And like, I don't know, sometimes it's too over the top for me. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis actually murdered that guy with the bowling <laughs> thing. Crazy. <laughs> the role that got him from the mic, the Joker. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that would be insane. Um, yeah, I, I kind of see that line where like there, there's like the method is like cool and shit, but then yeah, it could go too far. Be kind of um, like not presumptuous, but kind pretentious. of pretentious. You know, a little hoity-toity. Yeah. It's a hundred percent pretentious to like yeah, especially using Jared Leto as an example because at least Joaquin Phoenix just fucked up his own leg and you know cost the production insurance and made everyone hold for him and people didn't get home for their kids in time or whatever. Jared right. Leto was literally like, here's right. the, the, uh, some fucking roadkill. It's like, you're an asshole. If you did that to Ben Affleck and he movie. broke your nose, like, I'd be like, great, that's the real Batman yeah. and Joker is fucking Jared Leto and Ben Affleck. Ben I Affleck think that's why you like cigarette. that performance so much. Yeah, because you, you're just like, that guy is a maniac. He's a weird, creepy cuckold. Like, he makes people very uncomfortable. I think that's kind of great about him. Like, I love to imagine that he's missing his teeth because, like, he, 
you know, Batman punched him in the face and his response was like, oh, harder daddy. And like, you know, he lost yeah. it and just like. Oh, right. He definitely going. said zaddy before that, that Joker in particular. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I do like that version of the character because I could see it fitting with that version of the Batman. And I guess that kind of brings me to. Can I stay on? Can we can we jump back to I want to keep talking about uh, Joaquin Phoenix is here. So Todd Phillips, yeah. 2019 shot on film. Mike, you said it's super gorgeous. Do you see this winning the Academy mm-hmm. Award for best shot? I mean, again, we talked Pokemon shot on film. Sure. But it's going up against 1918. One take Roger Deakins. 1917. 1917. No, no, no. My oh, movie, yeah. 1918, uh, is also <laughs> yeah, nominated. Colin Brooks' 1918. The sequel. Yeah, oh, what, a, what a poor timing. Yeah. geez yeah uh i mean when you think of something that's executed on the technical level that a deacon's 1917 is where it's like basically one shot you know there's a couple sneaks i think one or two but i don't know about cinematography because even parasite was gorgeous it's not on film or anything but like there's more competition i think for cinema was the look of it the thing you liked the most mike or did you like the performance joaquin phoenix I liked all of it. The tone. I liked the performance. I liked the little taxi driver-esque, like the neon, you know, New York. It's Gotham, you know, but like kind of the 80s neon. I just, um, the class divide uh, with, you know, Thomas Wayne and stuff. I, it just all kind of worked for me explaining why someone's personality could And how many dangerous so thoughts did you have after you watched it? <laughs> did, you, did you shoot up your theater? I don't know. You want to hear another joke, Colin? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Can I give my opinion? Um, none. Yeah, no incel. I want to hear it because I didn't. And I don't. I don't. I didn't read any no, of that no, no, shit. No, no. But, but maybe that's Jacob. What'll come I want to hear your you, thoughts. You, I want to yeah. hear: Is this a dangerous movie in your opinion? "Quote unquote," as the news well, put it. Yeah, that's what's so interesting. I think that's more interesting than the movie itself. The fact that it's so like the hype that it got and like the controversy is so different from what the actual movie is, and it's obviously so overblown by the media and stuff. Like you guys probably you guys remember there was like people saying like, "Oh, don't go to the, don't, don't go, go see, see this movies. in theaters. Yeah. You're gonna get like shot up in the theater or something." And it's like that's not. I mean, come on, you can get shot up at a garlic festival. So like, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't the, the basing your decisions off of that. On. I think the real reason people were extra hot on that is because of the the Aurora shooting. I mean, the Dark right. Knight Theater was shot up, so like there was oh, a. But a, I don't think. But the guy that did that, I don't think he specifically picked. That was all false. It was all falsely reported that he was dressed as the Joker when he did it. A yeah. lot of people think he had green yeah. paint in his hair and stuff. No, it was red or something dumb like that. And again, he just it targeted was dying, Batman because yeah. it was popular. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was just a, a coincidence, but. That was also overblown. And the whole like, that's what's, that's what gets me about this movie. It's like, I, okay. So basically I think it's an okay movie that's elevated by an all time great performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Like great. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, but the, the, the hype, the, the disconnect between like the, the controversy surrounding when it was released and what it actually is, is, is what's interesting about it, too. But it's also, Jacob, kind of Todd Phillips playing the best ofs, the greatest hits, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen Todd King Phillips. <laughs> yeah. Todd Phillips wants to be Martin Scorsese so bad. But the thing is, he's not. He's Todd Phillips. You're the guy that directed the Hangover movies. Um, not to say I don't think it was a bad movie. It's very... It's it's an homage to obviously Taxi Driver, Kings of Comedy, that eighties New York Scorsese style. 
not a bad thing that he likes those movies. I do think it's a little derivative and doesn't really um, kind of add its own, uh, you know, flavor to it. My my biggest problem with it actually is that why is it set in the in the eighties? Um, simply because of he wants that Scorsese aesthetic. It's actually a very York, modern. My favorite city. Yeah, it's actually a very modern movie in terms of of the themes and the political relevance of it. It's not really like a 70s or 80s type movie. I mean, the whole clown thing it reminds me of Occupy, you know, Occupy Wall Street and the whole, you know, viral video. That didn't happen in the in, there weren't viral videos in the 80s. I'll do you one better, Jacob. Why is it a Joker movie? Why right. is well, this the, movie a Joker movie? The answer to that is it probably wouldn't have gotten made if it wasn't the Joker, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. you know, he like Todd Phillips said, he basically snuck one, uh, snuck a real movie in, which I, you know, whatever. But um, he's kind of right in that it, it, it probably wouldn't know. have gotten financed, right? That's that's the main thing. Like it didn't need to be a Joker movie, but if it wasn't, it wouldn't have gotten financed to the level that it was. I don't think it would have been financed because at its core, it's not that great. I mean, it's a really weak screenplay. Like all of the dancing and shit is was ad libbed. That was yeah, all and again, adding I think, that element to the character. Yeah. I think, honestly, like, I don't have a hugely great opinion of Todd Phillips. I think he kind of made a good movie by accident and doesn't even realize why the movie is good because all the shit that he said when it was coming out, like, oh, this movie's, this movie's not political. This movie's about how comedians can't say what they want anymore. And it's like, well, okay, so you, accident, you accidentally not. made, like, a good class movie without even realizing it, you idiot. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't read uh, any of that. It, the way I see it is it's the son of a, you know, uh, mentally ill mother who has delusions that she's Thomas Wayne's you right. know, mistress. And he believes this. And then he, by, you know, her addiction or whatever, he's also kind of screwed up. And it's just how is he broken? And then how does society push him over the edge? Um, there's no support system for like, you know, mental illness, which we don't right. have this. So I was kind of reading oh, all absolutely. those notes and it's Joaquin's performance. Yeah. But I want to know, cause Joe said like, so what doesn't work for you about this? Um, um, as, you know? as a Joker movie, right? Like if the character okay. of Joker should never be empathetic is my argument. He is not a ah. character that needs a backstory or a sob story, nor do I think this one is like particularly sad. Like, I don't know. You're a lonely white guy. Like that, that's what you are, I guess. Um, But like the character of the Mm. Joker, I like as this, this agent of chaos, this, this, this force of nature, this primal evil that I don't want a backstory for. I don't want to be rationalized. I don't want to be empathized. Well, I see where both of you are coming from. And I, I agree with Mm. Mike because I do like, that aspect of it. I also kind of see that I don't see this as a Joker movie in that he's, he's playing the Joker. Yes, but it's not the Joker as we know him in most portrayals. So it's easy to watch it and not even think about how he's the Joker. And I just kind of consider it, it's kind of, it's like a character study of this, of this guy. And if you just forget that it's about a comic book character, I think it makes it a better movie actually. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But like, Even beyond that, I think without Joaquin's performance and this script, it kind of just reads like a bad Law and Order episode, um, if I'm being 
Oh, <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Joe, yeah, I think it's a weak script. script of uh, a romantic comedy I wrote between the ventriloquist and Scarface. You don't find out it's them till the end, though. <laughs> you, you, you know, Colin, the reality of this is this would have been a shitty YouTube movie that, that fans made 15 years ago that you and I watched and no one else ever heard <laughs> Yeah, about. It's, it's Lucas in Love or, or you know, whatever that yeah. one was. Grayson. That, uh, yeah, like the Shakespeare in Love one. Yeah. Yeah. It's... They just got Joaquin attached, and that definitely does elevate it. Jacob yeah, alluded yeah. to that too. It's like he made an okay movie exactly. that was elevated. By I that think it point. is a weak script, and I, but um, I think uh, the my biggest problem is is that it's literally only set in the era that it's set in because Todd Phillips wants to make a Scorsese movie, and it's it's I do like the the modern political relevance uh, that angle to me is really interesting I always like class politics in movies but the fact that Todd Phillips basically didn't even realize that was part part of the movie or seems to like if if you haven't seen it Mike like everything Todd Phillips said leading up to the release of this movie mm-hmm. made me want to watch it less even though I was excited to watch it and you know, it's fine. It's whatever. But I, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good, it's okay. Well, what I think is really funny about it is well um, like, <laughs> it, it's also walked back on everything that it said it would be like, this is a one shot standalone. You're never going to see this again. It, that's why it's super important. And now it's like billion dollars. Maybe we're making a sequel. Maybe he'll fight Battinson. Who knows? All right. I'm, but I'm so, yeah, right. Let's right. talk about that ending. Let's so Chaos, yeah, you're baby. saying a Joker film can't exist without Batman. Do you like that he still inspired the Bruce Wayne incident? No, no. I think it's fucking stupid that they shoehorned Martha's pearls into this movie again. I'm so sick of seeing those goddamn pearls. But, and but Joe, at least it. now we know how Batman's parents died. I <laughs> yeah, never, I, knew I that. I'd never <laughs> seen that before. You're right, Jacob. It is Wait nice till you find know. out their first names, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> so... I was watching uh, Kevin Smith kind of review this, and I can't remember if this was just somebody's idea or if this was an actual alternate ending that they didn't do. But when he, at the end he's laughing in the police car, what are you laughing about? Oh, you wouldn't understand, you know? It cuts to that uh, alleyway behind the theater, but then it's Arthur, and he kills Bruce Wayne and his parents, and so he lives in a universe with no Batman. Mm, that would have been more interesting. At, and I like that ending a lot, but also it's like, well, then we have Joker without Batman. Yeah. Who knows? But I thought that I also was think, pretty like, interesting. I thought. think this movie is okay, pretty good. I liked it enough. I would really hate it if they made a sequel or connected it in any way. I think it should absolutely be a one-off Robert and Batman there should be a new Joker after Agreed. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Move, it, move on, yeah. But they're not going to do that. Because that, because that is a way that you can compartmentalize and say, well, he's not the real Joker. Because mm-hmm. as, as an actual Joker movie, it's not good. But as a movie... I thought it was all right. Which oh, is funny. I've seen people like, I'm with say you, Joe. online like, that it, he's exactly. the Joker who inspired Jared Leto to be the Joker. That's not even the real Joker. Oh, okay. There's three <laughs> Jokers. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I don't give a shit. I think no matter where the movies go, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and if they want to keep doing it, it's fine. I just think as a character, he shouldn't be empathetic ever. And I don't need a backstory. And if this is a different one, I get that. But like then just don't call it Joker and don't throw in bullshit DC references. Just make a movie. And well, the last well, question I, I want to ask I generally agree that. with you. 
Well, look at it this way. When he's talking to the psychiatrist at the end, guys, he gives sort of the very famous uh, my life's a multiple choice sort of deal. Do we think that the events of the film did occur, Jacob? I think this should be an alternate universe one-off, and that's the way I see it in my head. I don't want it connected to – I don't want him to be the Joker anymore. I just want it to be a single movie and – because I agree with you, Joe, I like the Joker to be mysterious origins, Heath Ledger style. Um, yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> just, just please stop. Can we just stop with the Joker? <laughs> one of, one of my um, movies, one of my favorite takes I saw was someone tweeted, like if you would have thrown in some dumb references to Gotham city and renamed the movie Nightcrawler, the Riddler, it would have made a billion fucking dollars. And it's like I really oh, don't yeah. like the, mm. the 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 thing it's setting where it's like, okay, well we'll just make this this weird movie that doesn't really have anything to do with this character, and we'll call it this. And it's like, well, no, just make that movie. And if you're saying the movie couldn't have gotten financed without, it's probably because the script was really pretty fucking weak, and all you wanted to do was remake the King of Comedy. Right, but it's also a kind of an indictment of. The, the film industry now that like this movie wouldn't have gotten made if it wasn't a DC property, but because it was, it did get made and made a bunch of money. It also, sure. even if it did get made and it wasn't connected to DC, it wouldn't have made that much money. So it's like, I'm saying it have wouldn't to make... have gotten made because the script's not very good. It's, right. I agree. Yeah. There's a couple things in this. <laughs> but how do we take a shitty script and make a billion, right. slap the Joker on it, and we'll recoup some of that investment? And, you know, yeah. this is just obviously Todd Phillips want, wanted to make a Scorsese movie, uh, which is fine. You know, I like Scorsese too. Um, <laughs> oh, I've read your spec script, <laughs> Bad Fellas, Jacob. It's hour. terrible. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> never going to be Scorsese. Well, you should read my Bedfellows. <laughs> Three but sleepy gangsters. It involves Batman and the There's Joker. There's a couple things that I wanted to ask about in this movie that I had problems with. So one thing, obviously, okay. this, the era that it's set in. Another thing, his relationship. Is this supposed to be, and I'm, I'm asking you guys, is this supposed to be like a twist reveal when it's revealed that his relationship is imagined? Oh, or is that not in on it. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that supposed to be a, a surprise or a twist? Be surprised because it's I've, the most obvious thing on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone who's seen a movie before um, <laughs> could probably you know figure out that it's you know, or if they've seen you know Fight Club. Have you seen Fight Club? <laughs> we only have conversations alone in dark alleys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. probably and my girlfriend. It's got Jared Leto. And what possible reason would this normal woman have to be interested in this like? weird crazy guy like hey you're arthur right that guy i saw crying in the high in the hallway two days ago yeah that's me you wouldn't understand oh you're yeah. so sexy you don't get it that was just like the most obvious twist i've ever <laughs> like i've ever seen so that i didn't like that aspect of it um there's some stuff that is just so unbelievable it's, it's really cringy i'll be honest i think this movie is really cringy Yeah, I think there's some aspects that I like, but... Yeah, thank you. Let's jump in on a positive here. I want to say, I think De Niro's super miscast, but the final scene at the talk show is great. You guys are saying how you don't like a little background to uh, your Jokers. I like that the entire world is putting on him. Wow, you started this clown uprising. He's like, I don't care about that. I killed those people because they were mean. I think that's really cool and funny. 
But that's another thing of like Todd Phillips not realizing the political themes of his own movie. Well, you know, and also really quick on political themes. We've been trying to eat the rich since Marie Antoinette. So you could set this in the 80s. I don't have a problem yeah, Joker, with the time French Revolution, he Mike. Taxi driver. Yeah, why not? Right? He's been chaos for a million years. So just do this in every time period. Um, yeah, like the reveal, weird. But I think it's not even supposed to trick you. It's more like he's realizing how fucking crazy he is as this goes along. So it it, it wasn't like, oh, good twist, fellas. It was like, oh, okay, I'm just seeing him yeah. experience kind of this revelation yeah, okay. i think you're right but weak script i think we're there yeah and and i mean the other problem i had is just some things it's it wants to be grounded in reality but then some things happen and i just it seems unbelievable and some things i don't know if they're supposed to be things that he imagined i guess if you take if you you could say the the entire movie is open to interpretation in that he's an unreliable narrator so anything that he ex, he's experienced we don't know if it actually happened that way or not Reminds me of the Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> a couple of them, yeah. But I would say, you know, yeah. just go watch <laughs> Taxi Driver and then watch Kings of Comedy and then you don't need to see the joke. <laughs> you go. But you can watch them both in an hour and a half instead of watching Two right. hours <laughs> and three minutes. It is a long movie, Joe. Oh, geez. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. by that. I didn't even realize. Okay. Joe, you don't have any positives? Well, I mean... I have, no, I mean, I like, some- I'm... Sorry, or did you ahead, say Joe, Joe or Jacob? <laughs> I have some positive. I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, like I, like I said, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, a really strong performance. Um, I do enjoy him on screen. And I do think it looks really nice. And I like the gritty 80s aesthetic because I, I like those kinds of movies made by those kinds of people. Just wet neon. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I didn't despise it, but... I don't think it needed to be a Joker movie, and I don't think it's uh, quite worth all the praise it's getting, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, my positives are pretty similar to yours. I think Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in this movie. He should win an Oscar. I like the production, the aesthetic, and like the uh, production design. Um, but I agree. I don't. Th- I think it's getting overhyped, and I think it's the kind of movie that, um, you know, the certain type of, of film bro student um we'll go to you know go to film school and say like oh my favorite movie is the joker nothing wrong with that if it's true but i mean it's kind of that you know it's like it's it's like pulp fiction or um you know boondock saints 10 years ago or 20 years ago get in the pool yeah you know the kind of of, Mm -hmm. you know you know we had classmates like this who were like i love tarantino and christopher nolan and it's like, those, I like those guys too. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying like, there's a certain I'm, I'm, I want to type of a little guy. film to you. It's, it's a little different. It's a little out there. It's called Memento. Now, now hear me out here. The movie is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know. I know. So I think it's, it's bound to get overhyped. I don't think it should have been nominated for best picture. Although, I mean, there's been a ton of movies that I don't think should have been nominated for best picture. So it's not exactly a high bar for me, but yeah. no, I mean... It's, I mean, the it's Oscars an are a joke. movie with Why an amazing uh, portrayal in it. Mike, can I get some positives? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it is the portrayal of Joaquin Phoenix. I like this kind of look at even more than the class issues. I like this exploration of mental health and like the fact that his counselor has to stop seeing him because there's no funding, right? Like that's to me a more interesting story point than the class warfare angle, but. 
as Joe said, it didn't need to be a Joker movie for that to be interesting. I think it would have been more powerful if it's just a good character study. I will say this is the all time mm. we live in a society. The movie, right? <laughs> he says that. now you're he says holding that like game controller. You are rising yeah. up, Jacob. That's <laughs> Gamers rise up. He's never not smoking a cig, right? Like you could tell, like that this guy can like barely oh, yeah, it's keep like Cronenberg's Spider Man. He smokes it all crazy and shit. All right, last question I want to ask I do, you guys here. Yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to say, like the people who say like, oh, it's about. Then we'll it. There's this whole thing on SNL about white male rage. I don't know if you guys saw that, where she's singing a song. She's talking about Joker and the Irishman, which I thought was so cringy because like if that's all you got from watching those movies, like you entirely miss the point. Um, but it's just, it's not white male rage, the movie. No. I think there's a little more to it than that, especially the Irishman is not that. So, no, wow. Shut, I missed that. Shut but up. I will shout out David Harbour's Oscar, the grouch <laughs> parody that he did for SNL of the Joker. Oh if you guys I haven't seen that, that, that is yeah. fucking hilarious. But okay. Last question. I want to jump in here with guys. Um, we've yes. talked about a lot of the portrayals. Are we retiring this character? Is it kind of over? Do you guys have anyone you would want to see portray the Joker again? I mean, we know that Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman. Will he have his own Joker? Jacob, uh, Safdie Brothers, you absolutely love. You've, you've talked about how maybe this film took a, a best picture spot from something you might like. But Lakeith Stanfield has said he wants to be the Joker for them. Like, would you like to see that oh. happen? Uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, Lakeith Stanfield is amazing in everything he does. So whatever he wants to do, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, honestly, my first choice to play the Joker would be the Heath Ledger again. Obviously that can't happen, but I think ever since the dark Knight, they're not entirely sure what to do with the character because like, that's kind of the definitive film portrayal of him and they'll never top that. So they're kind of in a rut that way, but yeah, Lakeith Stanfield would be great. Uh, he did Death Note. <laughs> but um, he was good so in that movie. He has not been in no, only good things. I didn't say he was only in good things. He's only good in things. So he's good in a bad movie. No one was good in Death Note except <laughs> for uh, Willem Dafoe. But yeah, like Keith Stanfield, I love him as an actor. He would be great. Yeah. yeah. I'm just Can I jump in just real quick because Mike took mine by just saying his name just now? I would make Willem Dafoe a super old... People have done that fucking oh. <laughs> art of him as the Arkham Batman or Batman's version of uh, Joker. Make him the Dark Knight Returns one, Joe. Really commit to doing oh, a sure. full-on Frank Miller. I know we got the Ben Affleck or whatever, but make this a fucking psychopath. I would love it. I would love it. Anyways, well, also, Colin, if you put him in the uh, uh, Robert Pattinson one, then it'd be like a sequel to The Lighthouse. That would be insane. <laughs> that would be oh, insane. Oh, wow. Joe, do you want to nice. see Pattinson use that character that quickly again? Not that quickly. Um, I mean, eventually, I would love him to see... Killer Croc. I would love to see something like Snyder's Endgame, where it kind of plays on this, like, this guy came out of fucking nowhere, but he's also always been around... I haven't seen him. Maybe there's an implied history that hasn't been featured in any movies, which is something I really, really miss about movies in general is world building where you don't have to see every little thing. You just kind of know it happened through story context and writing. Um, But I don't Mm. in terms of who I would want to see do it. I don't know, man. Shoot it out of left field again because Heath Ledger, no one expected to be cast in that role and he killed it. So give me someone who I can't even name because it would just be so out of left field that you wouldn't like fucking Zach Efron. I'll say, but you know what I mean? Like someone you wouldn't expect that at all because right. it worked the last time. 
Channing Tatum. Sigourney Weaver. I think Mike sure. just hit it. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's my entry. <laughs> All right, enough playing games. We should probably talk about playing some games, hey. though. What do you guys think? We go ahead and hop on over to the video game portrayals of the Crown Prince of Pride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Zori, you made it. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I have to hand you this little card about this disorder <laughs> that I have. There you go. If you'll just read that, Jacob, what does that card right there say? It says you're crazy. Pull my finger. Oh, it says I'm crazy. Sorry, I hit you the wrong one. If Bazinga. You back. Oh, it says it says I'm the Joker on the back of it, baby. baby. All right, Normies. <laughs> We're back. We're talking DC's The Joker, the clown prince of crime, uh, the clown prince of video games. Maybe, maybe not. He's got a long history. As long as mm-hmm. Batman's been in video games, he's been there. A Super Nintendo game, Joker's Revenge. I mean, like, obviously, like, that's that's what it's going to be. Um, biggest portrayal we should talk about is the Arkham Knight series. That's they get everybody back. They they get the animated series gods of voices to do the characters in this game. Hell yeah, man! You got Kevin Conroy going up against Mark Hamill in an epic love story for for three video games. Yeah, I don't remember you, from our Batman episode. Has everybody played these? Mike, you played these. I played like um, bits and pieces. I uh, my cousin lent me, I think, uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, I haven't played City or anything, um, but I listened like podcasts on the Batman episode. Like I've I've heard a lot about these, and um, they're like apparently the gold standard um, as far as Batman combat is concerned. Yeah, I've played everyone at least two or three times. Like I'm the most normie gamer out of us. It's definitely my go-to beat em up because you're roaming around Gotham City and uh, the the fourth one when you have Joker just kind of as your your side character in your head and he just shows up all the time. Arkham it's Knight. some of the best dialogue ever in, in Arkham Knight. Um, like some of the sequences in there are just so pointed and again like it has that kind of these guys have been doing this dance forever and they have all of these old stories together and the voice, the, the script in that and the voice acting is just incredible. Does he at one point serenade Batman? Oh, a handful I'm of sure times. nonstop. Yeah. With your cold heart <laughs> throughout, or something like that. The series. Yeah. Jacob, yeah. do you have any experience with the Arkham trilogy? Oh yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, I, I don't have the patience to finish games very often, like the campaigns of games, but I've played, a good amount of Arkham Asylum, um, and I've played a a little bit of the new the newest one, oh, uh, which is Arkham the Knight. Guys, Arkham Knight. Joe and I yeah, would definitely Knight. agree. City the best. I think universally agreed. Jacob, I'm happy to hear you're in the camp with both of us, though, that you have been frustrated by the Batmobile controls. Then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like driving around in the Batmobile. I did like the openness of it, and like I, I would rather just swing around and like why do you even need to drive around when you oh, can just swing around now, like Batman? Is there a video game, Joe, where you could have the Arkham-style beat-up controls but swing around a city, kind of like New York, but it's uh, it's like Gotham, but maybe like New York? 
Yeah, yeah, I think I might have a recommendation. But there. I want to wear I mean, an animal obviously. costume. <laughs> oh, oh, you're don't thinking worry. of the Craven game. <laughs> but I want can, it to be dark can... and gritty, not colorful. <laughs> oh. Well, oh, they have a costume for that. Yeah, you can, but, you so, can have on. 32 different costumes. Yeah, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm just pointing out, right, what we just had that little talk about is, is when new games come out, that's how normy the Arkham trilogy is, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. When something comes out like Spider-Man for PlayStation, uh, people are like, oh, that's an Arkham-style game. It's got the same combat controls. It's a small open world featuring a hero that I'm really going to enjoy in third-person point of view. Which, that's yep. a Spider-Man 2-style game. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. There is the cut. The the PlayStation 2, Spider-Man 2 is the precursor to Arkham, which is the precursor to Spider-Man PS4, full circle style. Uh, Ultimate Alliance, just had to say it once. <laughs> there we go. Um, also, I mean, these games, like, as far as the action, like, adventure, Batman, there's stealth in them, right? Where you can use kind of your technology and get the drop on people. Because um, that's another part of being being the knight, I guess, is the stealth elements. And then uh, the oh, boss yeah. battles also with all your favorite Oh, but characters. Mike, there's also DLC for these where you play as the Joker in a couple of them. So, I mean, guys, if you yep, really want go. that experience, fucking jump in, go and do it. Uh, let's you're jump to something teeth. else now. Where you're throwing little chatter teeth on the ground. Little chatter yes. bombs. Uh, let's jump to something else now. Joe, one of your favorite series is Injustice. The weird storyline that sort of developed from that world is in Injustice 1, Joker dies. Like the inciting incident is that Joker gets killed. He still is in the video games as like an Earth 2 version and blah, blah, blah. We see him in Injustice 2 as well. Uh, was that a character you ever played as? Um, More in the first one than the second one. The second one, they gave him a redesign to kind of like let him up a little bit. And I didn't really mm. enjoy it. Um, That's kind of what we see. Uh, just now, he's been added to Mortal Kombat 11, which is that's right. You know, obviously this is the he's big one news. of the biggest characters. Um, yeah, so he is now a playable character yeah, in mo- Mortal Kombat 11. There's a bunch of different skins and stuff. Same kind of treatment every other character in that game's gotten. So, yeah, he's crossing uh, the Injustice over the big one leagues. though. He's in the series, guys. He's in Mortal Kombat. Normies, since yeah. we have talked about the Mortal Kombat episode. We were talking about mm-hmm. how cool Eleven's going to be, how we wanted to get our hands on it. Have any of us played? Have any of us gotten Mortal Kombat 11? I have not. I have not had a chance. Vigi games are expensive, and Demon's Souls they still sure runs are. on yeah. PS3. Exactly. And the port to Switch <laughs> is fucking terrible from what I hear. I don't know. How about you guys? No, man. I'm I playing the Uncharted series again, so I don't there you go. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not a big uh, fighting game person but to go back to injustice when i do i you know occasionally i've played that at joe's house or something and i generally i do like to play as the joker i like his move set and how he has like a bunch of little different weapons that he uses as like props and stuff i like i like his 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 fighting style in that game colin you you mentioned that the inciting incident is the death of the joker uh just to give you a little more context of that the Joker is murdered by Superman after he sets off a bomb in uh, Metropolis that also kills Lois Lane. Superman just sticks his hand right through his chest and kills him. Wow. And that is yeah, what like starts Like a hero, the, Joe. 
<laughs> that's what starts the blood feud between Batman and Superman is he killed the Joker. His lover. And he crossed the line. Yeah, exactly. Like it goes back that yin and yang can't have one without the other. And that's what leads to Batman's war on Superman. If you like wow. that universe, Tom Taylor wrote a bunch of comics you can go read. I prefer Very the cool. alternate year two universe that he wrote where Batman uh, puts Joker in the car and stops Superman from what he's doing, puts him in the Batmobile. They start to take off. Joker starts giving him a long speech about how we're going to do this dance forever, how he still has him and he made his friend stop and all this stuff. And you're such a little bitch. Batman stops the car, breaks Joker's neck, drives to a prison, has himself uh, arrested for murder, serves the sentence. And Superman's like, you did all this for me. And he's like, you're my best friend. Of course I did that for you. Wow, both wow. our moms are named Martha. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's a big Martha's moment where they talk about their mom's first names, Mike. Yep, yep. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, Batman is That's finally like, good. I got to make the hard choice and take out, you know, Yeah, my greatest. You got uh, to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like Injustice. I don't really like the games. When I'm over there, Joe, I'll play with him as well. But let me ask you guys this. So the big DLC, I mean, we were talking like back when we did the Mortal Kombat episode. Mm-hmm. It was Terminator. It was... uh. A night wolf, you know, interesting people from Jason the Mortal Kombat series. Jason comes in. Then it's the Joker. People were not expecting this. Um, he's he's out now as this episode drops, so he's not even fully out as we're talking, although if you bought early access, you can play as him. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys watch the fatality video that I sent? Oh, yeah. And I watched like a bunch of his entrances and his little dialogues. Pretty interesting. Pretty cool. And if you guys, Normies, if you haven't checked it out, so he shoots one of his uh, long mallet guns. It punctures a hole inside you. He puts a jack-in-the-box in in your chest, winds it up, and it shoots up, and your head becomes the head of the jack-in-the-box. It's like, all right, they're doing Joker kind of justice there. He seems to have a Batman puppet that he's obsessed with, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he'll He has a friendship, too, that's fun, like... Obviously, it's total Mortal Kombat. It's if you're gonna have any character in the DC universe, it's gonna be the Joker, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's talking to Baraka. He's like, "Oh, nice blades and teeth." And then Baraka's like, "Oh, you're figuring out how you're gonna die." He's like, "No, I'm just figuring out how much I'm gonna sell them for in Gotham." Like he's just uh. just being a weirdo. But um, yeah, it's very cool to have him in there. Uh, I haven't played Eleven yet, but it's you know available. The cha- the character trailer was very well received by that community. So you could have the Joker fight the Terminator. I mean. What more do you want? <laughs> Come on. What a world. Um, I have a, a Joker appearance I want to mention before we get out of here is you guys ever play DC Universe Online? DC UO? Oh, I have no. downloaded that for Switch because it is free. I do like that game. I played that till I hit the paywall, but there you can choose who you kind of work for. And like the Joker can be your boss, basically. And he'll like give you missions and stuff. Um, oh, fine. So I just wow. thought, thought that was pretty cool to... Yeah, like if you pick uh, another the class one. for technology, yeah. <laughs> the um, Batman the Animated Series video game on Sega Genesis back in the day. The first mission you play is on the, the roller coaster from Joker's Wild in the, the animated series. I've played it again. It's very difficult to beat, but a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a yeah, bummer were... we've never gotten past that part. Nope, that's that's as far as I've gotten in the game is the final the final uh, level of the first level. <laughs> oh man, well, this is when like games were still designed to take quarters from you as fast as possible. And when they transitioned to home, like they didn't know how to design fairly, so they were just like, <laughs> like "Fuck you, thing. that's chaos, baby." I'm the Joker, baby. That's what the game designer I'm said. I'm the Joker, baby. Oh, will you guys explain that meme real quick for us? I don't know what that's from. That's Joker, from a game. Baby, I just say oh, I've heard it. 
that's just like a meme. There's a, a video of a guy um, dressed as the Joker, and, and he goes, "I'm the Joker, baby." And it's right. like a very pulls a, a gun out of his trench coat and shoots up the regal. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it's not a normie meme, Colin. You probably haven't heard of it. Oh no! Oh, he got you. Definitely not for our audience, then, I guess. The normies out there. Um, All right, normies. I just got memed. The joke's on me, but it's not going to be on us at last. We're going to head to the wrap-up here, talking DC's The Joker. Only you. We're back. We're wrapping things up. The joke is coming to its end here on Normies Like Us, where we're talking DC's The Joker. Uh, But first, we promised you before a little bit of a history of where he's going now. So, Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Batman Who Laughs? Yeah, so the the Batman Who Laughs is a a new character, relatively first introduced back in 2017, really prominent in um, the Batman Who Laughs solo book and DC's Heavy Metal which were created by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the the dynamic duo of Batman comics before uh, Tom King took over, and now we're on to new stuff. But this is a a Batman from Earth negative twenty two, so not um not even the Joker. He's he's Batman, and it's the Joker of that universe infected him with a toxin that basically gave him the the joker personality the joker disease whatever you want to call it the toxin that made him mm-hmm. uh so batman goes back to the bat cave immediately murders the entire bat bat family oh, and man. becomes the batman who laughs which is this like marilyn manson looking character uh who has rabid robins way to put who, are the, <laughs> who are children of gotham who were uh turned by the joker venom that he just like keeps on leashes. They're not actually the Robins because he just straight up murders most of them. Oh, um, and then he goes to Earth Prime and he's kind of like the the ultimate, you know, how do you stop the Batman who's Joker? And then they also introduced a, a Batman version of every other superhero. It's kind of crazy. Honestly, that stuff's not really my favorite, but I get the appeal. He's definitely like, every 16-year-old boy's favorite Batman character right now, and I think that's with good reason, obviously. I mean, you can't... You're putting the two together. There's the yin and yang meshing. They've go-tanked it. Uh, but, Joe, isn't that interesting that, again, it's Scott Snyder who you can sort of be like, I blew it the one time. I fucking nailed it out of the park the second time. Okay, I'm done with the Joker. If I ever need to use the Joker again, it is a alternate universe version of Batman who is the Joker, and all the pressure is off me. And I'll be honest with you, yep. I don't like alternate universe characters at all. I'm with you, Joe. Like, if that's the villain of your story, the whole story has to be about that. It can't casually be like, oh, and that's me from another Earth. He's also crazy. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad version of me. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I definitely see the appeal. It's just not my favorite type of stuff in comics, um, which I guess I'll run right into my final thoughts of the Joker. The Joker is, is the counterbalance to Batman, right? He is, 
He comes from nothing. Maybe he has nothing. He is nothing. His story doesn't define him, unlike Batman, who is totally defined by this one moment. Um, Batman is sheltered and, and quiet and composed and the Joker is loud and flamboyant and I love the way those two characters work together. I don't think Joker works on his own. Um, you can't really have a yin without a yang, right? Which is why I wasn't so crazy about the the movie um, but I love to see this character in versions where he's with the Batman and uh just like any other comic book character, no one stays dead forever. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Bat or Joker stuff coming soon. We're being teased right now in the main Batman book that they're going to have a, a pretty crazy Joker story outside of Jeff John's three Jokers. So 2020, I think he's going to have a, a big year. He's kind of been quiet in comics for a bit. I think we're going to, we're going to get more Joker off the success of the movie. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I was going to follow that up. Definitely attribute that to the success of the film performance, regardless of if you think it's great or terrible. Seems cool to have Joker stuff in 2020. I do like the yin and the yang aspect. You can't have a Joker story properly without Batman. Probably cannot either have a proper Batman arc without the Joker at least being somewhere in the background or at laughing at him as he bit. falls. It's got to be about there. One of the greatest love stories of our time. Um, so... Yeah, great character. There's been so many different versions, as we've found out. Everyone has a different favorite. Um, and in my opinion, the most like iconic and well-known comic book villain ever conceived of. And that's just my thoughts. Beautifully put, sir. All right, I'll jump in here. Uh, look, Joe, you like the heroes. It's not even that I counterbalance you by liking the villains. I like the henchmen. Um there's a person we left wow. out of this equation that we might be talking about more next week, hint, hint, normies, uh, who has her own special relationship with the Joker. I kind of like her more, and I kind of think she's fucking funnier. Uh, even though a lot of people can make the same argument, maybe she doesn't deserve to exist without this character. And that's because Mike just put it perfectly. This character was always going to exist. Because he does. I mean, he's just, he's the number one. He's the OG. He's the original. It's like, you can't untangle yourself from the Joker. He's basically always been there. So, of course we love him. I love him. Clown Prince of Crime. Top of the heap. How about you, Jacob? Right, what Jacob? do we think of DC's The Joker? Uh, I mean, I'm with you guys. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I like The Joker. Um and yeah, I don't have too much to say that I haven't already said already, but I think he's one of the best comic book villains and or just characters ever created. And uh, I am looking forward to see what they do next in the in the film version. I don't think he should be in the first Battenson movie. I would go with a diff uh, more maybe obscure a villain in the stable that hasn't been done before on film, maybe. That would be pretty cool. But eventually, if we get some Battenson sequels, I'd like to see um, their version of the Joker, yeah. Joe, you tease it up top a little bit. Do, who is your favorite of the Batman villains? I'll jump. Look, it's Two-Face. Two-Face beats this guy out of the fucking water, but how about you, buddy? <laughs> it's Bane, uh, 100%. He mm. is the the one who came to Gotham said, I know how to do this. I'm going to take over the underworld. I'm going to fucking break Killer Croc's arm. Just like when you get to jail, punch the strongest guy and you know, prove you're the toughest. I'm going to figure out who Batman is. I'm going to break his goddamn back and put him out of commission because I've had it tougher than anybody. And I don't care that your parents were murdered. Like it doesn't even hold a candle to what I went through when I was a kid. Um, 
Uh, Joe, I, I also so love Tom Hardy, Joe. No, it's not I don't Tom think Hardy. Tom Joe Hardy. specifically <laughs> likes uh, poison ivy and and Bane wearing trench coats and having little hats on, getting their yeah. picture taken as they get off <laughs> the airplanes. Bane yeah, exactly. kill. Um, I also love Catwoman. Uh, you know, it's like these are the three Batman characters that I think have effectively broken the bat. Bane did it physically. Uh, Catwoman did it emotionally, and and Joker does it every goddamn day, whether Batman knows it or not. Joker does it both ways. And that's why you wow. love The Dark Knight Rises so much, right, Joe? Damn. I, Joe, I just love what you just fucking said, man. That's great. You should all stop yeah. talking now and leave it with that thesis. <laughs> it's stop. No, come on. No, I, I think, you know, we looking at the Joker, we would say on our Spider-Man episode, go back and listen, like, he has probably one of the greatest rogues galleries, but maybe Batman has the greatest, like, power spikes, like something like the Joker and Bane and Catwoman. Like, the highs are, like, so incredibly high where it's like the spider-man just like the baseline volume is like you know maybe better overall but it doesn't meet those spikes at all yeah i mean i would love to get into the yin and yangs of spider-man and batman and how they you know relate where you got spider-man's got nothing green goblin's got everything batman's got everything joker's got nothing they they run deep for me um that's that's for another time i suppose another story for another time well, I've right, had a great time this. talking about the Joker, guys. Hell yeah. On this yin and yang episode, that's what we're calling this one, guys. Talking DC's The Joker, <laughs> deeper than you think. With your host, this was us, Colin Quinn. Uh, Manic Mike. <laughs> Joe Kerr. And this is uh, We Live in a Society, Jacob. <laughs> Baby we, New we Year. We really do. We really do. Thanks, <laughs> 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 Normies. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> How about another joke, Normie? <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. You right. complete me. I forgot to say the, uh, um, <laughs> you. you know, rate, review, and subscribe stuff, but Aquaman does that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 he does that. He's, he's got us on cover. We're good. This is already going to be the best episode we've ever done. (laughs) I'll tell you, I was hyped before. Now I'm even more hyped. Was it good? It was great, baby. It was great. You should get on the Murray show. Murray. All right. Get what you fucking deserve.